men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the industrial age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. I really hope that we do not age as fast as we're recording these episodes. Yeah, me too. Why are we recording them fast? 29. Yeah, but you thought it was 30, so you was like well in the future. Yeah, I know, but next week it will be 30. Yeah, we've had a little bit of downtime, really. Well, it's not downtime, but we kind of... We should be on episode 30. That's the one. But we took a week out. That was my fault. Sorry, guys. So, so in that week out, we've slowed our aging process. Why, are you trying to say it stresses you out doing this? You? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Or my company. We're making it... Yeah. <laughs> Since we started doing this, I've got so many more grey hairs, and I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> you love it, really. No, just, just in the sense of... Um, you know the speed at which we're we're producing these. I'm I'm impressed with the, with the pace of it all. Well, let's keep it up. Yes, let's. Apologies for the um, <clears throat> inconsistency the, of yeah, <laughs> episodes the, and the radio silence that we've had. Um, Life takes over sometimes. Yeah, I don't even know what happened. I think it was schedules really just didn't didn't align, did they? Yeah, you you were actually doing some work this week, so. <laughs> implying that I don't normally no it's true yeah no it's, it's obviously quite difficult to put the schedules together with each other so so apologies for that but, but we, we have we got back. a we're back and we have a great interview lined up next week we're not going to tell you much more but it's going to be a wicked one yes I think so I'm excited for it I'm excited it'll be very cool and different mm-hmm in more ways than one ooh teaser <laughs> uh, okay anyway so um today we're talking about a subject which was brought up in a recent series of documentaries on the BBC. Yep. The series was called The Men Who Made Us Spend. Um, and it was all about consumerism and, and how... <laughs> I was going to say how we are or are not manipulated <laughs> to spend, but the documentary <laughs> was about how we are manipulated to spend. Um, <laughs> it, it kind of didn't take a, a soft approach at all. So, uh, and, and we kind of kept texting each other, like debating. I think it's probably the longest time I've ever texted you. We were just like throwing back and forth whether it was right or wrong. And so we thought, actually, let's make this into a podcast. Let's discuss this this um, mm-hmm. sort of this documentary anyway, and just kind of like try to figure it out ourselves because I feel we need to do battle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am ready for battle. I told you, you've got to keep me on a leash in this episode because I am flaring at the nostrils. Flaring we, at the nostrils? I don't think that's right. No, please don't flare. We don't need any more breathing down the microphone. Oh, I know. I'm so sorry. But yeah, we thought this would be a great sort of episode anyway because it, the, the documentary, the, the, man, the Men Who Made Us Spend, was all about sort of sales. And obviously, as online entrepreneurs, it's something you need to know. Everybody needs to know how to sell. And so he was trying to sort of promote what he thought was a bad way of selling. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of just siphon it down, give our sort of twopence. Is it tippence? Tuppence? How do you say that? Um, tuppence. I say, I say two, two pence worth these days. Okay, we're going to give that. <laughs> and we're basically going to siphon it down and give our own Tuppence opinions. Tuppence is like... Old-fashioned. Very old-fashioned. Old oh, that's cool. Anyway, we should probably get cracking because we've got a lot... Sorry. All right. 
<laughs> so we're going to get cracking. We've got a few talking points we're going to go over. Uh, to be honest, it's, it's one of those sort of discussions that we'd love any of you guys to like jump in, let us know mm. what you think, because I don't think we know the exact answers, whether no. we're right or wrong. We're just going to give our own opinions yeah. on it. Yeah. So, it might be a bit controversial as well at times. Possibly. Sod it. Why not? Woohoo! Controversy! Um, so we're going to get cracking. So I'm yes. going to start off with the beginning quote, which is by Robert Cialdini, who writes the book Influence, which is a great book if you want to know about... Well, everyone should read it if you want to know about selling. And his book is all about the sort of the the psychology underneath sales. And I think everybody hails it as one of the greatest marketing books. So we'll, we'll refer to it later and where you can get it from. Um, and his quote goes... Influence involves change, the ability to move people in a desired direction. The difference between influence and manipulation is that we move them in our direction by giving them honest and accurate information. So, I like that quote. I don't want to go into it too much because it's kind of the basis of the argument of the episode. Mm -hmm. So... I just I just like what he said there and he talked a lot about sort of honesty and accuracy and the documentary was really sort of like hitting on all the dark things that yeah. these big companies were go- were doing. So um where do you want to start Wayne? Um I'd like to start with the actual documentary itself. I think is a good good starting place because mm-hmm. I think that will then spur on conversation about certain aspects of it which Definitely. will hopefully allows to cover a lot of it so i i kind of want to start there cool it also will give me a chance to vent early oh, on no. in the episode and get it out of the way get out of the system i've done it so do you want to start or shall i start um i think it might be more balanced if it comes to me <laughs> okay the, the thing i want to start on really is which i think a lot of which the main thing that shocked me was this kind of idea that he talked about this um planned obsolescence mm-hmm. and it was this idea that sort of big companies like back in the day i'll go quickly into it back in the day there was um the light bulb when it was invented it lasted they were saying it lasted up to 2500 hours and then this sort of group of people came together and they decided that who were manufacturing these light bulbs and they decided together that they would make the light bulbs only last a thousand hours mm. obviously if it lasts less time you're going to get more sales people are going to keep coming back and and obviously they're going to make a whole lot more profit mm-hmm. and so i think this the documentary really for me was really sort of looking at a lot of big companies who kind of use this sort of planned obsolescence making products with with fragility really so that people keep coming back and spending mm-hmm. and then on the other side of it was this whole the marketing aspect of those products so for me it was sort of just it was sort of like showing the sort of dark side of what business do whether they're making products that are like substandard but then they're also as they say manipulating us to purchase them and i can see wayne's already ready to fight back mm-hmm. with his go on what, what, did, what did you think um yeah, I mean, the planned obsolescence thing is wrong, I think. Ethically mm-hmm. wrong. Um, to a degree. Because you could argue that if more light bulbs are being made, then more people are in employment because more light bulbs have to be made, so they need more staff to make them at mm-hmm. a quicker rate. So in that in that aspect, everybody benefits because the employees get more work, which means they get more money, which means they can afford more. Um, and live a a better quality of life, in inverted commas. Mm -hmm. Um, But the businesses are making more money. But, at the same time, that is deliberate manipulation of... not, Not so much the consumer, but the actual... It's making a substandard product deliberately substandard 
in order to gain more profit. Yeah, you raise a point there, which I was, I, I've totally, I don't even think I put it into notes, but that actually I think I did because I'm, I'm on top form. <laughs> the bit about employment really, really like shocked me because I thought, wait a minute here. I can see the argument, but at the same time, it seems wrong because it's like, okay, there, there is only really in that, in that equation, there's one guy who's winning bigger than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, people are going to get jobs, but then these people are the people who have to get those jobs because they have to buy more light bulbs. Mm. And so it is that sort of cycle of kind yeah. of keep making people buy. They have to work because they need to buy more products more regularly. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like it's a, it's a system that is, is doomed to fail in a way. Yeah, to a, to a degree. To a degree, yeah. I agree with you. And, and I think that's where it is wrong. Um, but where it's not wrong, or or rather where uh, the documentary took the wrong stance on it, for me, was, and I didn't want to get into it this early, but you kind of started on, on the obsolescence thing, and I kind of mm-hmm. feel I have to, <clears throat> is he particularly focused on, on Apple. And we all know how much of a big Apple fanboy I am. So I'm going to say that now. You've been hurt so by I am, this documentary. I am biased. Well, this is where I first really started to go, yeah, you, you're not really... You're presenting this in a darker light than it needs to be presented in, and you're not presenting a balanced view. <coughs> and, the, and Apple is easily attacked because it's one of the most valuable companies in the world. Okay? They are attacked because they produce a phone every 12 months that's better than the last. And as I said to you before we hit record, they produce less different types of phones than any other phone manufacturer in the world. And yet they are the ones that are attacked for planned obsolescence with their products. The reason is, is people go, well, why couldn't we have a camera on the front of the previous model phone? And things like that. Or why couldn't it do this? Why couldn't it do that? There's no reason why you couldn't do that before. And my argument is, and this is where the branding comes in, which we'll talk about in a bit as well, is that Apple like to really focus down. Apple are not the sort of company that's going to go, customers want this feature, so let's put it out on the next phone. Mm -hmm. They say, okay, customers want this feature, but let's make sure that we give our customers the best version of that feature that they've ever experienced. So rather than rushing it out, they take the time to make sure that that feature is as good as they can make it. Which to some people appears to be planned obsolescence. But that for me is just not understanding the brand. I do get it. But then I, I know in the documentary you had the argument that this new updated phone that came out, the, the only additional, apart from other maybe a little bit faster here or mm-hmm. there, was this kind of finger recognition. Like you could put your finger mm-hmm. in it would obviously open up the iPhone. Which is not true. Okay. I don't really want to go into technicalities. No. But go on. The, the phone is faster. It's a more smooth experience. Um Which, okay, yes, is mainly down to all the internal stuff, which really is not what Apple is about. Apple is about... Apple is about experience. That's the thing. Apple as a brand is about how, what is the experience you have when you use our technology? Most other technology I feel like companies, I'm speaking to an Apple spokesman right now. <laughs> you, you, I, you probably are. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas any other technology company is all about how big's the hard drive? How big's the processor? How big's the RAM? You know, how big's the screen? And, and, like proper Apple fanboys like myself don't care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. We care about what's the experience. 
And so for me, I had a 4S. So I'm, and I missed the 5, and then I got the 5S, which is the one with the, the fingerprint scanner. And the difference, although in terms of features, not hugely different, but the actual experience, 10 times better. I agree with that. But then I just think sometimes people are like, okay, you got a better experience, but... I use I have an iPhone. I never update it unless my dad mm-hmm. like maybe for my birthday or something. He might get me a new. I I never care about my phone as long as I can send a text. Yeah, as because... long as I can give a call, mm-hmm. and I'm not that fast. If I get a new one, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even looking at the latest model. Yeah, but that's because technology isn't as uh, influential on your life as it is for me. Like I love technology. But then, but then, is that not where he's coming back in that documentary saying, "Well, have you been manipulated to be so, so sort of like." Um, technology obviously means a lot more to you than it does to me mm-hmm. and has that not just been programmed into you by Apple in a way it could have they not made you care about experience more than maybe you need to um, yes they have but I wouldn't I don't see that as a bad thing mm-hmm. particularly going into the 21st century like if if a company can make me feel at ease and feel the enjoyment of using a computer to produce my work. Excuse me, I am have a sneeze building up. Go for it. No, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if a computer company can make me enjoy the experience of using a computer to do my work and make it fun for me to do my work, mm-hmm. then of course I'm going to fall in love with that brand. And that's what Apple have done for me. But they haven't done that through manipulation. I hated Macs. I'd seen Mac advertising and everything. It wasn't until I used a Mac that I went, ah, got it. But then, like, looking at that, like, there was obviously we're talking about Apple and we're sticking with that, but there was other examples of brands that he was saying were mm-hmm. kind of a bit subpar as well with their products. Yeah. So another um, big talking point was the um, vitamin water. Yeah. And again, there you're saying, well, okay, I'm going to have a healthy product. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your vitamins in this drink, but it's laced with sugar. Can I say, I had tried vitamin water. Mm-hmm. I thought it was vile. Yeah, like, I did. I've tried it. I was getting it tasted given for sugary. Free. Yeah, it tasted really sugary. It made your mouth dry. I didn't. It, it didn't sit with me, and I never, never bought it again. This was before I knew that actually it is laced with sugar and <laughs> and really not all that beneficial for you in in that respect. Um, and and I I think that's what I'm saying is we should. Marketing is there to get us to try stuff. Yeah. Right? And for me, personally, if I try something and I love it, then great. If I try something and it's subpar, then I'm not interested. Yeah, but then a lot of marketing is to... is The main part of marketing is to get you to the point of trying. Yeah. And that's where he was kind of arguing that maybe some people, their methods of getting people to try are a little bit suspect. Yes, to a degree. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So it's kind of like, how do you, what makes, people obviously have to get the attention of the customer, mm-hmm. but then where's the line between, like, I know one of the, I mean, we're going to talk about this, but there was a whole episode based on fear. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of saying like, this is, he was using the fact that a lot of companies, so like this vitamin water saying, oh, well, majority of people don't get um, enough vitamins of this certain vitamin. Um I mean, at one point, they actually put on the label of the product that it had, like, cancer-fighting properties or something yeah. like that. And that is suspect. Exactly. But then there are a lot of brands that are still doing that today. Like I said to you, like, um, I saw an Expedia advert on TV um, just the other day, and it was sort of saying, like, um, travel yourself interest in. 
and what that that advert straight away is implying that the person watching this advert we're hoping is somebody who has the insecurity of not feeling interesting enough mm-hmm. and so they might decide to spend a holiday in the hope or the the dream that maybe when i go traveling people might find me interesting i might find that relationship that i want i might not be a lonely person i might have friendship and it's kind of like there is a massive like like i say well, this is a discussion there is no yes there is no yeah, there is, it's a agreed. massively great area agreed but i think there is a sort of ethical practice you can have when mm-hmm. you are sort of marketing mm-hmm yeah, I just felt I needed to defend Apple because there was a lot of attacks. No, no, no. On, I, I totally like. And I think there are a lot of attacks on Apple, and I think it mainly comes from the fact that people don't understand the brand. So that I just wanted to put that out there. Look, people, early on. people are always going to attack people who are kind of doing great in their field. Like they only attacked Apple because why would I talk about Hitachi or whatever one of those mm-hmm. other makes? Because then when the documentary comes up on, everyone's like. Who the hell are Hitachi mm-hmm. anyway? Why am I going to listen? Whereas you say Apple, everyone's like, if you see a, um, a, a an article online, it says, oh, Apple's profits drop. Yeah. You're way more likely to check out why it happened rather than uh, some random brand that you don't mm-hmm. know. Of. So of course, again, it's a form of manipulation to put that into the documentary in the first place because it's pulling Which our attention. I thought this. <laughs> I've got to say, right? I thought the whole series was incredibly ironic because it was full of manipulation and full full of fear imposing manipulation the thing is like i say like we we were having this discussion beforehand everything everything that we do is manipulation anyone can brand or tarnish something with the idea that it's manipulation the fact that i saw the the expedia advert in that way mm-hmm. somebody else might have just been like oh that's a cool advert I, might, I need to book holiday done yeah so again it's my a lot of it comes back to the identity of the person. Like you mm-hmm. say, you associate with um, you're associating with Apple because it's it's that um, identity that it gives you. In, and and then a lot of people were talking about um, like how brands give you like that social proof. And part of your identity is built up by the things that you do, mm-hmm. or the things that you wear, or the kind of things you talk about. The fact that we're talking about this subject now is building our identity as some as two guys who are interested in why people purchase things. Mm-hmm. Why did we? Why are we doing a podcast about this documentary where most people watch it and be like, oh, I'm getting manipulated, done, yeah. conversation over. Yeah. So everything is a form of manipulation in a, in a way. So well, it's not, it's not. You can always jump and say, well, he's manipulating, they're manipulating. Mm-hmm. But again, it's kind of. I guess it's really difficult because you say like ethical manipulation. Yeah. And I think we we were also saying how the word itself, manipulation, is a very like negative word. It's mm-hmm. loaded. Like in a dictionary, manipulation never, it was just a way of describing something. Yeah. Never said whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so him using that term, oh, how we're being manipulated, it automatically makes us feel like, are we victim to the manipulation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like we said, the documentary was heavily that we are being manipulated in a bad way. Yeah. And so really it's like as you're living you kind of you're constantly being manipulated but it's how much if the manipulation makes you feel good and it makes you mm-hmm. and it helps you to get where you feel like you want to go then is it as bad as it is like it is it's it's, it's a really hard discussion well, really. Well I mean this is the thing and this is this is where the 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 documentary series really did get under my skin in a bad way because it turned the slightest strategy of selling more product into this really bad thing. I mean, look at when he used General Motors as an example. So this is going from obsolescence, from the making things break early or earlier than they need to, to making things feel obsolete 
in terms of the psychology. Mm-hmm. And the example he gave with General Motors was Henry Ford made cars and made them amazingly quick and amazing, it made amazing profit, but you could only get it in black. Mm-hmm. That was the only only colour you could get it in. You could have any car, any colour car as long as it's black. That yeah, was the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was his motto. Yeah, any colour you want as long as it's black, right? So the General Motors came along and they started producing a blue car, a red car, a yellow car, and then next year they'd release a green car. And he made out like that was the worst sin in the world just because he gave people more options. And I was just kind of like, how is that bad? I don't understand how that is bad. How is that bad manipulation? You've just gone, okay, so you'd want, you'd like a car in a different colour other than black? Okay, mm-hmm. here's a car in a multitude of colours. And I just don't understand why that was such a big deal to him. I think the thing that he was seeing, though, was kind of like, well, it's like people, I don't know, you see a car, okay, the silver looks good, but I also like the white. And I kind of like the the black one as well. And obviously, if that if you take that down to smaller products, I don't know if you're I don't know buying pens or pencils, and you like more. There's not just one pencil that's worked. There's three different pencils. One's got all the different brands of the paper you like. You're obviously going to go and consume more of those yeah. or purchase a lot more. So I get what you're saying there, but then we're saying nowadays, look at the digital economy that actually people are becoming even more specific to exactly what you want. Yeah. So is that a bigger danger now that there's, you could be so specific to your personality, you could actually go get your iPad cover printed with your family on the back. And is that going to go and make you, is that making you spend more now? Because you mm-hmm. can, instead of, even with cars nowadays, you can pick, I was watching the Rolls Royce documentary and mm-hmm. people can pick what they want inside their Rolls Royce and the mm-hmm. colors, the kind of, if you want a little phrase across the dashboard or it's like nowadays, everything's so specific, but then it's like, is that a worse then now? Because now you're putting so much of your identity onto the product that it's making you want it even more because now you've branded it as yours. So I don't know. That's just sort of a tangent. I there. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, is that a bad thing? I don't know. Don't really know. Really? I think, I think obviously once you're given, if there's if there's more choices, and you're somebody who, I don't know really, it's, it's a hard one. <laughs> I don't I don't think I know the yeah, answer. Yeah, like I, I just kind of again going back to the the documentary series as a whole, I just kind of felt like he'd kind of gone in, kind of go in. Anybody that makes money is a villain. Mm-hmm. Anyone who doesn't make money, who works for the system, yeah. Is, is is being wronged by anybody who makes any form of money or any sort of profit on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine, but, but... And I said this to you when we were having a, a text debate. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like the idea that we as individuals in society are being manipulated to feel that it is wrong to make a profit. Yeah. I kind of feel like the whole documentary was a manipulation to make people feel bad for ever making money or to view people that make money as being bad people. It almost felt like a those are the people at the top with money are evil innately yeah. Yeah. because they have money they therefore must be evil and us people at the bottom us normal people not us journalists that are putting this documentary together. We're in the middle. <laughs> but that's, that's, uh, all the rest of you people on the bottom, you're being manipulated into spending your money on what you want to spend your money on, but you don't really want to spend your money on it because somebody's making you believe that you want to spend your money on it. And I just, 
I just don't like the point of view of if you make money, you cannot be a good person. I just it just really riled me. My sort of argument back to that would be that the people at the top, like you, you can't lie that there are so many big organisations who are oh, hiring yeah, no. psychologists left, oh, no. right, and centre. No, I, I, that's not that's not the point I'm making at all. Like because because there are, like, I'm not denying that there are uh, bad organisations. Like look at Coca Cola, like the vitamin water thing was really bad really bad it was completely out of order it was completely wrong but to it's still going on and that. it still has yeah. that amount of sugar and I'm, and I'm not and i'm not denying that 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 exists what i disliked was the fact that the whole documentary was completely narrow-minded in that even the smallest thing like producing cars in different colors Mm -hmm. was seen as a bad thing. And I just kind of think, look, if that's going to make that business a little bit more money, then I don't understand why that's a bad thing so long as it's ethical. And I don't see what's unethical about producing a red car, a blue car and a green car, as opposed to all cars in black. Obviously you've got to look at the actual, the medium itself. A documentary is always going to have to kind of come in at some sort of controversial standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's like you were saying how a lot of people were discussing it on Facebook and everyone was mentioning it and people talking about it because it's kind of like, oh God, like I didn't know this was going on. And they've obviously expanded some points, but really this sort of stuff is going on really Mm -hmm. regularly. And it's like you say, if, if, if big companies can afford to buy a psychologist to kind of figure out exactly how a human is, desires a product, then in some ways, like even, even shopping supermarkets, the way they're set out, they're all, it's Mm -hmm. all set on the basis of kind of pushing you in directions to purchase certain products the where the shelves where things are leveled and so yeah there is a massive there is a lot of manipulation not using it positive mm-hmm. negative but there's a lot of that happening yeah but i i think where the problem is and where you're saying well look at everyone's looking at the um people right at the bottom not the middle not the top people earn this money and it's, it's it's actually saying well these people at the bottom are they educated to a standard enough that they understand these this inner workings like mm-hmm. do you do you know these things are happening like i could walk into a shop and i could see a bright color on a sale like mm-hmm. you walk into a shop and i see something that says 50p and you look over and you think oh 50p you walk over and it's like oh actually that's 50p off six pound 70 yeah. or whatever yeah and that's a you're like, oh, okay i get it you got mm-hmm. the manipulation but it made me look over it grabbed my attention mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of people out there. And I mean, obviously the guy interviewed, he only showed one person on the documentary, he interviewed this guy and he was like, oh, so why do you want the latest new iPhone? And he's like, because <laughs> it's in a different color. And obviously yeah. that could have been the one person out of a load of people. But there are those people out there who underneath it don't really, are kind of unconsciously going by and purchasing things. Okay, yes, but with the whole color thing, right? <laughs> I so iPhones have traditionally come in two colours. Yeah. Black and white. For yeah. many years they only came in black. Yeah. Similar to Henry Ford. Then they produced them in white, right? Mm-hmm. Now I don't see why it's seemed why it is deemed stupid for a guy to go, I'd actually like my iPhone in green. Hmm. Like, I don't I don't see that as manipulation. I see that as someone who's gone, I'd love a green iPhone. And they've been given the option to have a green iPhone. So they've gone, putting my money on that. Somebody's given me what I've wanted. 
you could argue that, okay, yes, it could be the other way around, that Apple have convinced them that they want a green iPhone. Yeah. That could be the case. It probably is the case. But there is also <laughs> a small amount of people that also have gone, I'd love to be able to have something other than black and white. Because you know what? Some people don't like black and white. I love black and white. Yeah, if but- I, my whole house would be black and white because I love monotone. But some people love bright colours and they haven't had that option. And now they've got that option. And I don't understand why why it had to be portrayed in this documentary as being a really bad thing that somebody wants a bright coloured phone. Yeah, but I think the difference is there. Like, as soon as I saw the, I think, the white iPod or whatever it was, or one of the, I was like, I've never seen something like that that looks like that. Mm-hmm. And I want it because if I have it, if I have white headphones on, people are going to know that I have an iPod and I've, bought, mm-hmm. I've got the latest mm-hmm. music player. That is, again, it goes back to the person. It's like, well... That's my social proof. I bought it. That person who buys the new colored iPhone is kind of like, well, when I pull it out and I put that to my ear, people seeing green, they're like, wait, is that an iPhone? Yes, that's an iPhone. This guy has the latest iPhone. Oh, okay. He's just managed to get that. It only came out last week. But, right, and I've got a kind of counter-counter Keep, keep this, countering. Right? This is what it's about. So, if you buy... And a new iPhone because you want people to see that you have a new iPhone. Yeah. Why do you want people to see that? Why do you want? Why people? do you want people to know that you have the latest iPhone? Because I would go back, and obviously I'm no psychologist, but I would want to know socially where that person stands. Like, is he somebody that is unconfident? Is he somebody that believes that a okay, girl okay. might look at that he has the but, latest iPhone? But, the, and but kind of, kind of taking the psychology out of it. If I don't it think is, you can. If, no, no, no. As in, as in the the sort of more academic side of the research side. You okay. as an individual. Okay. Yeah. You as an individual. Why do you make the decision that you want to have the latest iPhone? If I was to buy it for me right now, I, if I wanted the latest one, if I was to go to shops mm-hmm. and get it. A, it would be I've got a whole load of extra cash that I'm not going to do anything with and I'm okay. just going to spend. Yeah. Secondly, my one's not working, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And thirdly, it's um, it works better and it has a, a certain feature on it that is going to help a lot with the kind of current process but, I'm already but, doing. But why specifically do you want the newest iPhone? Because it has like those things. Like otherwise, I wouldn't. Because I I see myself. I'm no. I'm not someone. My girlfriend even says to me like, "You wear the same clothes all the time." Mm-hmm. Because I'm not somebody that gives a crap okay. so much about fashion. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. So let's, let's. I wouldn't let's, be like the general consumer because okay. I will never buy something. Well, if we, for the if sake we put it from the it. point of view of the general consumer, my opinion, what I think is the case is people want um, a the newest iPhone because it is a fashion statement. Exactly. Right. But that's what but, that's what the bulk of people think. But it's social proof. Is a fashion statement not equal manipulation of huh. the people around you? But that's what we was going back to, like we were saying. So like, therefore, if you buy, if you buy, you're you're this, buying into the manipulation. You, you are choosing to openly manipulate other people by buying that product that you've been manipulated into believing is going to make you be this thing. Mm-hmm. So therefore, like you are manipulating just as much as you are being manipulated. Oh, 100%. Like I was saying to you earlier, like what you wear on a daily basis when you hit the street, the the things you talk about, the fact we're talking about this stuff, we are manipulating in a way to our audience to say, these are things we're interested in. You can, might think we're academic, you might not. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. we, we, we're not going to say that. But that's just part of our identity. And yeah, one thing I, I really think we need to hit on is the fact that all of this sort of manipulation, as we call it, the, the main like crux of the matter is that it all just goes back to our sort of primal needs. Like mm-hmm. it goes back. And I think that's where 
that's where it's so powerful that yeah i bought the new iphone because socially that might help me get laid and that's the truth of the matter yeah and that's the truth of the matter what you buy or or you kind of look at the vitamin water if i if i drink this water it's pretty simple we love instant gratification if i drink this water i'm a bit healthier than i was before i drank before when i didn't have those vitamins inside me and they've got all special names and whatever and then it's, it's 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 the same thing and then you kind of look at they were talking about what was it he was getting some sort of plasma removed from his mm-hmm. blood and then injected into his face and again it's it's people are afraid of dying people want to survive so it's playing on that fear it's like well if you don't buy these latest i don't know treadmill that's gonna comes with shaking vibration and it mm-hmm. helps the cells to whatever whatever they make up mm-hmm. again it's playing on people's fears and i and i was even saying to you my big part of my argument was as somebody who kind of really is interested in this biohacking movement and how people are really getting very specific on how certain things work Am I not uh, again? Am I being manipulated? Am I? Am I? Am, is my fear of aging? Is my fear of mm-hmm. not being as youthful as I was maybe when I was mm-hmm. eighteen? Is that the thing that's making me buy the certain supplements or eat the certain paleo foods that people say? And you see, you see, the health market is where I did predominantly agree with what I had to say because I think the difference with the health market as opposed to the consumer market is that with the health market you're deliberately manipulating the peop- the things people put into their body. Okay, the things like doing certain types of exercises can be damaging for certain type parts of your body. Okay, and certain workouts that are put out there are considered damaging by some people. It might just be ignorance to research that they've done later. They go, oh, suddenly, you know, this is we found out this is bad for you. you should stop doing that but even like the things that you see in the newspaper like i saw an article the other day a yogurt a day is going could help save your life was a headline mm-hmm. i saw in a newspaper it's like okay possibly but how much is that the yogurt companies go in go on just put a story out there or they'll fund the actual research yeah exactly <laughs> and and then that's that's for me is where it's different to consumerism because consumerism as a when it's not the health market is all is just about the material things that that we own the only real damage it's done is it's taken the hard earned cash that we've that we've uh, that we've earned and put it into the pockets of someone else that's really the the biggest extent of the damage if we're buying a an iPad or a iPhone or a Android phone or a big TV or a new car that's essentially all the damage that we're doing by buying those new things whereas with the health market you're damage you're damaging someone's health if you give them false information mm. like the vitamin water okay yes it might have all these vitamins in but what about all the other stuff like um there was a documentary it might even have been by the same guy actually I'm not sure <laughs> I think he has done a few actually. Um, about the health market and about how you know all of these stickers are on these things but actually these stickers only really show what the companies want them to show in the same way that you know made with real fruit juice okay yes it might have been made with real fruit juice but what other stuff's in there because yeah. it's not 100% pure fruit juice yeah. and stuff like that and and I think that's where, for me, that's where the line draws. When it comes to dealing with health, I feel like you have to tread very carefully because then you're <laughs> then you're becoming very unethical. Okay, I'm in gonna, my opinion. Obviously, because it's a debate, I'm going to definitely disagree with you majorly. Because just as the person who says, "Well, okay, I'm going to buy the latest fashion. I'm going to go buy because the next fashion is summer. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. It's got all the summer collection out now. You go buy that. Then you go and buy the autumn selection. Then you go buy the winter selection. And then the next time comes around, you don't want to use your summer stuff because that's outdated. There's all this new summer stuff. That's just as damaging to the person. That could be damaging on that person's wallet. That could be damaging on, on like the way they feel about themselves because they're never mm-hmm. content with the fact mm-hmm. that it's like you're constantly buying new clothes for some sort of, I don't know, when am I going to actually just feel comfortable in how I look? And that, like you say, you love Steve Jobs, but I know it's a whole different matter for what he wore fashion-wise, but he didn't look extravagant or care so much about his fashion. I know it was to do with the whole decision-making and not spending time decision. But again, it was something that he separated himself from. He didn't want to be part of that mm-hmm. sort of consumerism feeding into certain, I don't know, ideologies in a way. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just think that each, I think each area you can you can look at will always go back to the primal needs like mm-hmm. the consumerism is, is the need for social the need for mating the health is the need for survival the need for making sure that you look after your family like you were saying he was talking about the suvs and i know that's another whole debate you get into i'm not going to let you fire up on that one just yet but <laughs> even that it's like you buy the big suv because everyone tells you it's the safest on the road and so as somebody you're going to obviously buy it because you want to make sure that when your kids are in the back, they're they're going to they're going to have a much higher chance of survival if something does, mm-hmm. God forbid, happen. And so, again, it's all like you say, everything. I don't think one's particularly better than the other. All all, all the difference is is like my identity, my ideologies are fighting against your ideologies. Mm-hmm. I will always fight the corner of health and say, well, okay, I really like what you said about like the fruit juice. There are things in there that shouldn't be in it, but then. And then, like you say, you will talk about technology. And I'll say, well, I'm not that fussed about a new iPhone. As long as I can ring you up or mm-hmm. ring whoever up, it's good enough for me. That's You've built that identity. I've built my identity. The thing is that what I think is the bit that other people are missing out is a lot of people kind of really lack, like their identities on a sort of, I know it's going a bit sort of thing, but it's a kind of not quite clear on who their identity is mm-hmm. or what. If you're, okay, that's fine. You can buy the new iPhone. That's up to you. But then a lot of the time people are in that haze where they're not quite sure or they're not even empowered to make, they're not self-empowered, they're not self-educated enough to kind of make a decision that they could really, like, I don't think like you could be fully empowered to the point that, okay, I'm, everything I buy is based on me going, breaking it down <laughs> through like a schedule of, yeah. yeah, is this manipulation? Is this, is this, because I mean, people even say like, like when you go to purchase something, like you say, you know, they say go shopping. I think I, I look on like money saving one of those websites it's like when you go shopping for clothing once you go in there pick all your clothes out that you want or buy want to buy then go have lunch and then come back and buy them because more than likely you've had the time to sort of rationalize and say well actually i do like all six of those shirts but really i only need two Mm -hmm. and again that's just again that's empowerment being mindful Mm -hmm. of saying do i really need that stepping back whereas i think sometimes the excitement of Another example, even yesterday, I was looking on Instagram and I like UFC and Johnny Bones Jones, the champion, was wearing these custom Nike trainers. And in that moment where I watched, I saw them on him, I was like, oh, they are amazing. And I started searching on eBay and seeing how much they were. And I was like, oh, they look so good. I want them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're on this great guy that I've got a pair of Nike for the same kind of trainers in a different color, but they were his unique ones. They're coming out limited edition. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I looked on eBay and I was looking, oh, how much are they? They're like £100. In that moment, if I had £100 to probably give, in that moment, I would have done it. I would have maybe purchased, or I would hope that I would have that thing just to step back a second and say, all right, they look good on him, but really, do you need them? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem is that 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 distance between 
making a decision with your head rather than just with the actual straightaway mm-hmm. sort of like I'm I'm just flustered by the by the whole excitement of something, mm-hmm. which is why some people are great salesmen and some people aren't, is because they they while that person's in the excitement phase, mm-hmm. purchasing happens. Like I'm sure that's that's the whole excitement that Apple build oh, up. Well, the, yeah, absolutely. That is that is where Apple really do win, and where where I will admit Apple do manipulate um, because they build people up into a frenzy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just I have a real hard time taking this idea that just by trying to make people want to buy your things more by getting them up into a frenzy is a really unethical thing. I don't I don't but but my my I mean I'm it's quite clear that I'm not against capitalism yeah. <laughs> so long as it's ethical capitalism it's quite clear that that's my standpoint but I just this idea that by building people up into a frenzy and getting people excited about your product is a is is evil and you're going to go to hell for it I just it's just it's it kind of blows it out of context for me that's kind of my view because at the end of the day you're building a business like like you could say that you know we're trying to build something with this podcast um you know we put stuff out on social media uh we you know we say oh you know like put a tweet out when you when you arrived you might not have seen it but when you arrived i said you know we haven't put an episode out for a little bit sorry about that but the episode is being recorded today Mm -hmm. that isn't me maliciously trying to make people wait for our episode that's me going you know i hope you like what we're going to produce it's coming soon Mm -hmm. that's not me being malicious and evil that's just me wanting you guys to enjoy what we're working hard to create and is that therefore evil because i've i've put a tweet out in the hopes that you're going to see it in the hopes that you go oh yes the next episode is coming out i'm really loving the show i've got to make sure i listen to this one yeah i don't think that's evil i just think i don't know it's it's a it's a really difficult one but it's just i feel like and in the same way sorry to cut you (laughs) off in the same way right if i go out to the shop and i like i'm gonna buy a pizza right i don't buy a pizza because somebody said to me oh you know this is really healthy for you because they're not they're really unhealthy for you really with the amount of bread and cheese and whatever that's on them i don't buy a pizza because i've been influenced and manipulated into buying a pizza i buy a pizza because i like the taste of a pizza and frankly yes you could say okay fine there's loads of stuff in there to make it more addictive (laughs) that's what i was gonna say (laughs) but the best pizza i've ever had homemade pizza and i still love it yeah yeah, but they're obviously. And I'm not being they, you, could, you could obviously there. say ingredients. Like I could go into a whole rant, but I'm not gonna. But, but yeah, I know, I know you're saying. But I just do feel that, like nowadays, we are definitely way more in a sort of soup, of, of, of this sort of. Uh, was how did you explain that sort of frenzy? We are in a mm-hmm. bigger super frenzy. I'm sure if you oh, put yeah. oh yeah definitely if and you I put don't... like a uh, tribesman or someone from the wild into our environment before long, they are gonna want a car. They are yeah. gonna want a house. They are gonna want. The latest iPhone. Yeah, I'm is... not. I'm not denying that at all. Like, and and yes, there is to a degree a problem that we have with materialism. Um, but I don't see all materialism as an innately bad thing. Did you like... see the last episode of that documentary? Yes. And so, like, obviously, he, the guy there from Ghana, was talking about this sort of like throwaway culture that we have. And in a way, that's like what happens if you buy the new iPhone every year. 
the other one has to go somewhere. And yeah, and do you know where mine goes? Mine goes to Mizuma, where they sell all the items on. I yeah. get a little bit of money from it to spend on, on my next But that's next like a very iPhone. ethical way of doing it. But there's a lot of things in a day-to-day that are just just being transferred so quickly. But again, it's, 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 it's just highlighting these things. And I think, like, I think it is just being really, really mindful. It's fine to want certain products, but sometimes mm-hmm. I just think people need to kind of step back a little bit and really look at themselves and say, why do I want this so much? And mm-hmm. do I really, do I really need it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is, it is, it is two sides to this and, and I'm kind of, and I'm kind of happy. It's me arguing with you because it's kind of like, <laughs> you're obviously going to bring something totally different. I think we have yeah. quite opposing. I mean, views I, on it. I'm trying to kind of look at it from the point of view of the businessman, whether that's a small time businessman mm-hmm. or a businessman at the top, I'm kind of trying to look at it from that point of view of, I mean, basically, I'm kind of on a little bit of a crusade with this documentary. And I'm, I'm always yeah. trying to say to anybody that's watched it that is trying to set up a business, just don't assume that you're a bad you're guy a bad because person. you want to earn money. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the, I think that's why I've got so fired up about this documentary because I've got a fear that this is going to put more people off doing like producing their own business and i'm in a frame of mind at the moment where i feel like we need people to start being self-employed start setting up new businesses start making some money for themselves because money is tight we've okay yes we've almost come out of the recession i've seen recent figures uh, that we've practically <laughs> come out thing, of yeah. it but the the truth is there are some people out there that aren't feeling like we've come out of the recession for various mm-hmm. reasons and i want to encourage the world to set up their own businesses make a little bit of extra cash even if that, that does just mean that you can buy walker's crisps as opposed to sainsbury's own crisps <laughs> just so you can have a little bit of a better quality of life and i just i just feel like this uh, this whole documentary was an attack on anybody making any money and that's kind of why the, I got fired The thing is that I, I think it's really important as well is that like most people, if you have if you have the balls to create a business in the first place, whatever happens in your heart, you feel that you're doing the best. Like you, mm-hmm. you believe you are delivering value and I'm sure when 50 and whoever made vitamin water in their head, it's like this is a good product. Like mm-hmm. it's a health, this is going to help people get vitamins. Whereas... I'd, that's what I'm saying. So I think anyone that creates a business will automatically be, you kind of, you kind of like, yeah. I think if you're an entrepreneur, you've got to be creating something that you genuinely believe is going to bring good to other people. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to what you think's good is not what I think good all yeah. the time. Yeah, and so it's that person's ideology. But I do think you need to be conscious of what are you creating? Is it a product that again is kind of creating a frenzy and there's no actual real worth to it? Mm-hmm. And and a big point that we wanted to discuss was just like the story behind that product. Like there has to be something deeper in a way. And I just think that, that don't try to kind of go into what I'm trying to get at, but I just think that, yeah, it's great for entrepreneurs to create businesses, but you have to be mindful that you're not just doing a, like a get rich quick scheme. You're not just no. trying to kind of do something that's a fast win. Like obviously I, I work with personal trainers and you would never get a personal trainer who would train someone purposely to get injured so that they're with them longer. Yeah, of course. You always want to deliver your maximum value. And that's where I think it really matters. And I think what, what what's happening more nowadays anyway, especially in the digital economy is that things like this documentary can expose certain things. And all these companies are like realizing when, when people start crusading against a certain chemical that's in a product, suddenly they have to take it out. And so I do think in some ways, like digital technology is empowering people to kind of be able to have more choice. And I think back in the day, 
they could get away with it. Like, look at the looking at those children's adverts. It's shocking. Mm. Oh yeah. And and that is you being trained from a very young age, like we have. We've grown up in the generation where we had adverts on our TV from young. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're probably going to be a very consuming society. But it's 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 good that now I think digital, this really open, everybody being able to you you can get online and complain about a product straight away. That power allows people to know when okay this is wrong that you're putting this much sugar in. Mm-hmm. Let's create a petition online. Let's let's create it and let's get it back to where the product should be. And I think if you're going to try to create a product that has a little bit of that element of a bit, okay, I'm going to make this certain product, but there are elements that I'm not quite comfortable with, mm-hmm. but it does really good. Mm-hmm. It will come to light. Like people aren't stupid nowadays. People can yeah. research. When you put a certain stabilizer, a certain E number, or I don't know, you've got a, I don't know, if you're even if you're online uh, video course is is rubbish and it's all right it sells but then within a week or two once it's sold you're gonna get bad reviews and then it's, it's over mm-hmm. so i think that's it you have to kind of be aware that you can't get away with some of the things they used to be able to get away with yeah in a way i'd agree with that i would agree with that so what's all what do you think um what do you think people can actually sort of like obviously there's if there are those sort of people who are entrepreneurs and they're kind of now wrecking their brain they're looking at their own product or they've had products in their mind and like Mm -hmm. what would you what would you say that they should be kind of what are the key things they should be focusing in their product okay well one of the um or what in the product itself or in the selling of the product what they're trying to create because i think like people you can i could create a turd and I could, if you've got the best markers on earth, someone will buy that turd from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can happen. So yeah. I don't ever think it should always, it should start with the selling. I think it has to start with what the product is. And like mm-hmm. most people say, if you've got a great product, like it, it talks for itself, it, if you have a great product, primal instincts take over. People mm-hmm. say, I say, Wayne, have you seen this product? Social proof. Jem just said, I trust Jem. He's this kind of guy. It takes well, over. If I may go back to, <laughs> to Apple. <laughs> Like I said to you before we started, I didn't like Apple 10 years ago. I couldn't stand them as an organization because, to me, they sold. (laughs) From the manipulation that I had from businesses and Microsoft and all that, I thought they sold substandard computers. And um, they were selling the iPod, which to me was and still is an overly expensive MP3 player. Mm-hmm. there's more to it than that but I haven't bought into what the iPod represents and obviously, it hasn't affected me I think the greatest part of that marking was obviously the how many songs were on it no yeah. MP3 could and do and I that. think looking back on it and having that looked into it the... I think that's what it was um, So, and I came into the iPod thing late so I kind of didn't see the big deal anyway but what converted me into an Apple fanboy was the fact that my uncle having just bought his iPhone handed me his iPod Touch and said, you don't like iPods, do you? I said, no, I can't stand them. He said, well, try that. Take it to uni with you. That's yours. Mm-hmm. Right? I started using it, and it was the most amazing thing I'd ever used. Yeah. Um, the amazing gadget I'd ever owned. And then I said, okay, but now I've got a phone and this iPod with a touchscreen and all these apps. And at the time, the iPod Touch didn't even have a speaker in it. So yeah, anything, any apps with sound, you had to have your earphones in. Yeah. So I was like, so I'd like the sound from all these apps without having to have the earphone in and not have to carry both around with me. Yeah. So then I bought the iPhone and then I bought the iPad and then I bought my Mac and I've just ordered my Apple TV. Woo-hoo. Um, and, and so that has not come from manipulation of Apple's advertising. That's not come from manipulation of um, 
well, I suppose you could say it's come from manipulation from my uncle, perhaps. <laughs> but that has come from having a good product. So going back to your question of what people should be doing, for me, and this has kind of come from from the whole Apple philosophy that I'm aware of anyway, unless there's some secret one that I didn't know Probably. about, which has been <laughs> completely revealed by this wonderful documentary series, mm-hmm. uh, is don't cut corners. I think a lot of problems with products come from cutting corners. I think if you look at the vitamin water, I imagine and I hope that the, sh- the huge amount of sugar content has come has from it. them going, we want this to taste good though as well. So let's put the sugar in, that might make it taste nicer, rather than finding a healthier option to make it taste as good. Yeah. Um, and then they just went, right, well, we've got the, we spent all of this money on, on this, on this product to make it healthier, to make it water to, uh, and to make it colorful and, and all that sort of stuff and, and wonderful, but it tastes like shit and we've got no money. So let's just throw the sugar in there and hope for the best. I, yeah. I kind of hope that that's what's, that's what happened with it. And I just, if, if you don't, if you want to avoid those ethical problems, just don't cut corners, make a great product. And actually you'll have to do less manipulation because word of mouth will go, uh, go around and everybody will go, have you tried this product? It's amazing. And it will market itself. I agree. Totally. And I think that's it. Like if you've got a great product, then it is just let it like, obviously people do massive campaigns mm-hmm. just to get the first people interested, mm-hmm. the early adopters. And then those people are just going to talk to everyone else and that's it. It just spirals out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And I-, I also think as well, if, if you think you're going to have to cut corners, go back to their minimum viable product produce the smallest version of what you need to produce make sure it works make sure it works amazingly let's say it's the iphone or a new phone let's not let's not be let's biased get away here from the a new phone okay can it make calls yes can it make calls better than any other phone in my opinion yes it can great sell would you it. sell it to your mum would you sell it to your mum? Would yeah, you be would happy you sell selling yeah. your product to would someone you in your happy, Yeah, to sell it to your mum. So not give it to your mum. Ask your mum for money for it. <laughs> if yes, then, then you create something you generally put it are proud market. of and you know it's yeah. giving. Then if you want to stick the camera on the phone, stick the camera on the phone. Is it the best camera that you've seen on a phone? Yes. Then sell it. Then work on the next feature. Don't have you don't have to have this all singing, all dancing product, whatever it might be. Even if it's even if it is a drink, you know, it doesn't have to be healthy. It doesn't have to taste good. It doesn't have to do all of these things all in one go. Obviously, if it can, great. But make sure that what you're producing first, your starting point, is as good as it can be before it goes out there, and then iterate. Minimal viable product, iterate. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, definitely. And just, yeah, create something that is of value. That's it. Value, value, value. And then the story grows out of it, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Cool. I don't know if there's any other points that we feel maybe haven't really touched upon. Um, but yeah, I, I just think digital nowadays anyway it has just made it where people can't play around too much. Like, you can't be... No. People are too clever now online, and obviously online is raising um, the consciousness of people, raising the mm-hmm. educational level, so people now can look up. Like I say, they can look up stuff, and so you can't get away with being subpar. And that's and that's that's the only bad part is if obviously someone isn't very like um, doesn't have much technical technical literacy. There's a problem there because that person can't mm-hmm. find out more about the product, or even if you can, I mean when booking a holiday now I can look at what people have said on TripAdvisor and 
get social proof that it's a good place now and that's what matters i didn't even sometimes you don't even look at the hotel you kind of look at the view review then you look at the hotel so i do think technology digital is definitely making it is is protecting people a lot more nowadays yeah I was I was going to disagree to a, to make a comment on a point, but I kind of think it's slightly invalid. If it's about Apple, I do not want to no, hear it. No, no, it wasn't. All, all well, okay. I'm going to briefly touch on it. Summarize. All it was was just also be wary of customer reviews. Oh yeah, let's not get into that because obviously people can fake it, but yeah, the majority. Some people are outright just trying to put places out of business just because they had one thing that upset them, yeah. which happens everywhere. Yeah. But again, just bloody, you have to be clever enough to understand it. There'll always be, be a wary. negative review. Yeah. Be wary. Cool. Okay. I think we need to wrap this up. I know this is obviously a bit more of a discussion I know, episode. I, I went on so much more of a rant than I actually wanted to. I think for the next, <laughs> I'm so sorry. at least for the next 10 episodes, we've got to ban you talking about Apple. I think if you mention it, you've got to uh, do some sort of forfeit. <laughs> well, hang on. This was relevant in this one. I know, I know. There was, it was an attack on Apple, which I thought was unjust people because of a lack must of understanding. Re- I bet people want to throw a HTC at your face. Oh, uh, b- guys, if you want to throw Androids, Blackberries, if you can find one anymore, because I think Room have gone out of business, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want to, uh, like, I understand that I am an Apple fanboy, and I will always completely open up to being a fanboy and not not just being someone who likes Apple. So take everything I say with regard to Apple with a pinch of salt. But for me personally. I understand that the brand and the brand experience, and that's why I love Apple. And so, yeah, that's Don't what justify just, yourself, Wayne. Don't justify yourself. No, I'm just saying. Weirdo. Like, <laughs> I understand if you don't like Apple, I understand why. Cool, it's okay. okay. We we so, get yeah. we get it, Wayne. We get it. It's cool. Okay, I'm gonna wrap things up. We're gonna go for the uh, end quote. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the end quote is, um, and it's by Jeffrey Gittimer, who is a great uh, writer on selling and definitely check out his books i'm going to tell you what they are in a second so his quote is you don't earn loyalty in a day you earn loyalty day by day and i think Mm -hmm. that's that's really important especially online like you've got to build you've got to build up that story build people talking about you day by day it takes ages this podcast we've been doing for six months it's not like everybody has listened to it and it's amazing we know that it's a long game we know that people are going to listen to it might say oh it's great it's quite interesting podcast check it out it it takes time Mm -hmm. and and actually that goes back to something that i do actually want to mention because i forgot to mention it earlier because we went on another segue um story is super 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 important like i don't see telling a story as any form of manipulation if you're trying to get your product out there um and actually it's the best way to attract people because it actually enables people to trust what you're doing and it kind of goes to that quote in in that respect just really just invest in why you're doing things how you're doing things and and the motivation behind things and i think that will really 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 serve you well i think a, a another another way of putting manipulation in a better a better way is calling it metaphor manipulation is metaphor and that is what comes from the story yes that's what this episode's come to i like that i like that well done, say Brian. it again so basically obviously manipulation is a very loaded word that's loaded it's very negative but manipulation could also be seen as metaphor and that is where story comes in mm-hmm. so yeah take that so we've got some book recommendations and these are obviously Wayne was saying like people should not be afraid of selling the problem is most of us don't have a bloody clue how to sell <laughs> I've been looking at all these books I didn't know I've been afraid of selling you never it's difficult selling is a hard thing people see selling as well, a bad we've been, thing we've been brought up to to be nice to people and not ask people not ask people for money 
to be afraid not to ask questions in the first place don't yeah. ask like just tell it like that's it yeah so people especially in a digital economy need to be need to know how to ask and they need to know how to make money and they need to know how to sell so these three book recommendations that i'm going to tell you so the first one is the little red book of selling by jeffrey gittermere it's a great book when i read this i was like why didn't i find this earlier i love it next one obviously was by um the guy who was the beginning quote which is robert cialdini and that's influence and this i think is a, it will be a massive eye-opener to anybody who really wants to go into the psychology of purchasing and why people do certain things and again get your metaphors right not your manipulation <laughs> same thing you know what i mean and the last one is um to sell is human by daniel pink and this is a really recent book and so it's very very re relevant to especially like the digital economy he talks about how we need to sort of re-embrace the fact that as humans that is our nature we sell things to each other that is how we provide value and that's how we earn a living in a way so check that out and that is actually if you want to get um to sell as human by daniel pink for free you can get that it's available on audible and if you go to um www.audibletrial.com nonsense you can download your free version of that book and it's yours to keep so yeah get that it's yeah. free and um and i'm just doing all talking do you want to i was just going to say like the the actual documentary that we've spent so much time talking about is probably end up by the time this goes out and by the time maybe you see this yeah, podcast you might, you might have a few hours left by yeah, the time the podcast exactly so it might not be available i'm sure there'll be somebody who's probably ripped it and put it onto a site somewhere not that we uh not that we had that. That I, I, thought, sort of I thought it was great because it, it got a discussion started yeah. so you can't complain yeah. about that to, to be fair it, it was a very good documentary in terms of interest um i just thought it was an unbalanced documentary that's that's kind of my my main criticism cool of it. so that, that's worth a watch that documentary is called the men who made us spend and there's three episodes of that and if i may as well i think it's worth a watch because actually although you could argue that some of the stuff is suspect if you are looking to kind of sit, get some sort of ideas as to how you can possibly promote your work, mm -hmm. um, it does it does offer a few ideas. It's a bit of a lesson as well. It's saying just look outside the box. That well, it's not I always the obvious that works. Yeah, and I came out of it going story, story, story. It's all about story. So it it does have those benefits as well. So if you can find it on YouTube or anything like that, check it out. So. Um, Again, it's a it's a quite a bit of a dis discussion today, and I'm sure people. You, I would love to know who, who do you support my opinion on certain things? Do you support Wayne's opinion on certain things? Should Wayne stop talking about Apple? Just let us know so you can you can if, email me if you want to shoot Apple down and and send an email about Android and all the other. All means send it across. That'd be the old man. It'd be an interesting read. I'm gonna have to get you like an Android for your birthday. It's like a slap in the face. <laughs> you can get that slapped in your face. I think. <laughs> so you can email me at gem at powerfulnonsense.com or you can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com and um twitter you can tweet us at well you can tweet me at c-k-y-i-l-d-i-z or you can tweet me at wayne underscore ingram and as usual we love reviews they help us to get out to more people mm -hmm. i know and actually i've figured out that if you if you've not listened to this podcast before and you're listening to it actually i don't know how you, but on the iphone you can actually write reviews if you search in the itunes store can you? Can you? If do you that search now? in the iTunes Store, it's actually got reviews, and you can write reviews on your iPhone. So that's a lot I easier. Didn't know that. I only figured that out the other day. But we'd love that if you can. Hope you liked the episode. We've got a wicked interview coming next week. Yes. And um, yeah, have a great weekend. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. Boom.